the region's premier medical information program. Call the doctor. There's a good chance that you or someone you know will at some point require physical therapy. Whether that's because of an injury, illness, or surgery, proper physical therapy can help you recover better. We want to know what's new in the world of PT, what to expect, and how to get the best experience out of your physical therapy. What's new in the world of physical therapy in this episode of Call the Doctor. We are so glad you're with us for this season of Call the Doctor. Welcome to this episode. Let's get right to tonight's panelists. I like to think it's a pretty diverse crew tonight, too. Go ahead. We'll start with you. Go Hi. ahead. Introduce yourself. My name is Joe Gosick. I'm a physical therapist for Lehigh Valley Health Network. I graduated from St. Francis University with my doctorate in physical therapy in 2015. Um, since then, I have worked for LVHN, practicing primarily in outpatient orthopedics, so people with um, issues of the joints, the hip, knee, ankle, lower back. Um, and since then, I've gained my board certification in orthopedics, as well as becoming certified in the McKenzie Method. Great, we'll talk about that in a little bit, because I'm curious about that. It's great to have you here. What about you? I'm Jean Bohannon. Um, I graduated from Russell Sage College um, <clears throat> many years ago. Just a few. <laughs> Just a few. And I live in Mountaintop. I have worked for Allied Services uh, for 34 years. Uh, I've worked in their brain injury department as well as their outpatient, and I've been in their pediatric program um, manager for about 28 years now. Great, welcome. Thank you. And what about you? I'm Steve Kulikowski. I graduated from Misericordia University with my master's and doctorate in physical therapy. I've been with Allied Services for over 25 years. I've worked in the inpatient rehab side, um, outpatient aquatics, and I'm currently in the home health area now. All right, good. We'll get to that in just a few minutes, too. I want to start. I, I know physical therapy is something that everybody knows what physical therapy is, but I'm curious. Clinically, what are some of the different reasons someone might need it? Maybe there are reasons that I'm not even thinking of. What are, what are some of the main, most common uh, reasons that someone might come to see you? So in my setting, um, the two biggest diagnoses we see are neck pain and lower back pain. Um, they're chronic conditions, typically, that people deal with most of their lives. They come to see me to help resolve that pain and try to get it at bay and get it to go away completely. I'll actually give that question to all of you because I have a feeling that your patients are somewhat different. Yes, I was going to say, so I think um, for me, I see children um, who have, may have gone through some trauma or injuries. Uh, children are born with birth issues or prematurity. We also have patients that have suffered brain injuries, um, people who have been in car accidents, neurologic injuries, strokes, um, even arthritis um, can be in children as well as adults. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of diversity um, to the services we can provide. And who might your typical patient be? Um, typically we see uh, usually uh, some elderly individuals after an injury, a stroke, um, maybe a joint replacement or a fall at home. Um, they'll typically be recovering from those injuries and coming home from a hospital or a rehab setting. And then when we get them into the home, we try to get them back to being more mobile and safe in their home environment, figuring out what it is that they need to do to make themselves safe so they could get around and do their everyday tasks in their house. I'll actually, I'll jump right into that question because I'm interested in what physical therapy looks like in a, in a setting, an actual hospital or other clinical setting versus the home. And you do a lot in the home. What other things are you looking for in, in someone's home? Well, a lot of times a, a patient will leave a hospital or rehab setting and they appear to be doing great. They'll be walking with a walker, a cane, and they'll be able to walk on the tile floor of the hospital and 
everything appears to be great. Mm -hmm. When we get them into the house, we find out that everything changes. Um, sometimes they have thick carpeting. They may have a, a lip of a doorway to get into a, a room that might be more difficult. Their walker may not fit, or, walker or wheelchair may not fit into a narrow doorway into a bathroom or a bedroom. They may have furniture that's obstructing their pathways, so now they have to try to walk sideways, and that wasn't what it was like in the hospital, and now they're struggling to get around. Um, we find that sometimes stairs could be an issue. And in a hospital setting, the stairs and have the railings are perfectly sized up. When you get into their house, they may have an older home, they may have a 12-inch step, and the handrail may not go all the way up to that final step. So we try to find out what it is that their major limitations are and maybe make some you know, minor modifications, minor adjustments to their home to make it safe so they could stay in their home environment. So it's possible somebody can do really well in your setting and then it's, they can maybe backslide a little bit once they get to their, their own home. Yes, and a lot of times it could be just as simple of, you know, a $20 grab bar can make all the difference in the world to keeping this person safe and in their home environment and preventing a very costly and painful fall. You mentioned brain injuries, neuro neurological uh, PT, which I imagine is a completely different ball game from other types of PT. I, I mean, silly question here, but how many different types are there? Will most physical therapists know all of those types or are there specialties? I think there's a combination. All of us are trained in all areas when we go to school, um, but as we expand our uh, continuing education, we tend to go into specialized areas, whether it's orthopedics or pediatrics or neurologic. So there are clinicians that are specially trained and certified in those different areas. Um, but basically, most therapists have the skill set and the ability to, to meet those um, standard needs for most clinicians. But you can find people who have neuro certifications or ortho certifications, um, and there are enough patients in this area that there are, unfortunately, a large bunch of neuro patients that need that specialized care. So at Allied, we do have a specialized team that um, only sees neuro patients. We have a specialized team that also sees patients that just have vestibular problems um, because it's such a defined area and there's such a special training for those things. We offer those services. So it's worth a little research if you're told that you need physical therapy to find out some of the different types yeah. there might be out there. Finding the best match. Um, you know, there's therapists out there that, you know, have done works on special knees injuries and work with certain protocols so finding the therapist that you know matches your injury and what you need is really a great idea can can physical therapy this is a strange question I guess I'll give it to you can it <laughs> you're like thanks a lot does it fix things or does it just help someone be able to better manage whatever it is that they are dealing with I'm, I'm, do you see what I'm getting out yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a combination of both. Um, there's definitely some things that we can fix and get people 100% back to their uh, condition beforehand. However, there's some things that are going to be more of a chronic issue that people deal with throughout the entirety of their life. And we have skills that teach them to manage that appropriately and help guide them kind of through the rest of their life so they can live it in as good of a shape as they are able to. Is there a typical amount of time you might see a patient, or is that all over the map? It, it varies quite widely. Um, for some patients, I may only see them for one or two visits to develop a home program and get them set up where they're comfortable and can do it on their own. Um, some people with some more traumatic injuries, I may see three, four months, or even longer, depending on the severity of their injury. In a situation like someone who's had a knee replacement or mm -hmm. a hip replacement, 
um, how would you handle something like that? Is that a different course? Um, that's actually a very standard protocol. That's probably one of the most common diagnoses that we see in the clinic. Um, standard length of stay in the outpatient physical therapy clinic after a knee or hip replacement is somewhere one to two months, sometimes a little longer, but uh, I generally say one to two months of physical therapy. Is there uh, what can't it do, Gene? I mean, uh, I understand the physical therapy can do a lot for you, but is there is there a point at which you would be um, with the patient thinking, I think this person needs the next step? What, what, what might that next step be? So there are some different things in children as well as adults where sometimes we reach a point where maybe um, for a neuro neurologic injury, they may have some spasticity where the joint has gotten contracted and there's range of motion limitations. So we can stretch, we can exercise to a point, but sometimes we need other interventions, whether that may be medication or surgical interventions to gain that mobility that I can't get through manual procedures and exercise. Um, so sometimes we need to pass those patients on to more of a, an orthopedic surgeon or a um, neurologist to address some of those things. There's some um, medications out there, Botox injections and other things that can really help with spasticity. Um, same thing if someone has severe arthritis, we can help rehab that knee to a point, but if the pain continues and even with strengthening, they're not getting the relief and pain is limiting their ability to move, then they may need a joint replacement. Um, so, you know, we try to do conservative measures first, strengthen and balance the muscle musculature as well as work on the range of motion, but there may be that point where the, the damage is so great that they need to take it to the next step. And that would be something that a physical therapist, as part of that team, could say, I think this is necessary, whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk a little bit about aquatics. I believe that was something that you uh, have yes. some experience in. Why is the pool such a great place to be for physical therapy? Well, the, it's the warm water environment. Uh, typically, the water is about 94 degrees, so it's nice and soothing on, and relaxing on muscles. Um, the other uh, big benefit is it takes a lot of the pressure off the joints. When we get into water that's about chest level, it can take almost 75% of the weight off of our knees and back and hips, so people will have greater freedom of movement. They have, they're able to move a lot easier, and with movement and with the warm water, helps to loosen up the joints. They're able to you know, exercise, build up their strength, and then hopefully that'll translate to better outcomes and better mobility on, on the land surfaces as well. Anecdotally, what have you seen uh, or heard from patients who've done aquatic therapy? We've had, you know, uh, people actually in tears when they actually get in the water that they're actually in some pain relief for the first time in years. You know, and it's a natural pain relief. It's not, you know, heavy doses of medications. They're actually able to move and they're actually sometimes brought to tears that they actually feel that good. It's, you know, they, they're really, un they, they can't believe that they're finally having some pain relief. And, and they can really start to gain some strength and mobility back again. Something that I would imagine they can do for a very long time with swimming, mm -hmm. very low impact. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a nice low impact, you know, you can get a great aerobic workout in a pool environment without beating up your joints, especially for some of those folks that maybe aren't a candidate, uh, they have bad arthritis, but there are a lot of individuals that, for other health reasons, aren't a candidate for surgery. So we, you know, we're trying to find something else that can at least make some improvement on their uh, quality of life. And the pool can definitely be that, that area. Is, is 
Is physical therapy changing, Jean? Do you think in how either it's viewed in the medical world or how physical therapists go about their job? Has anything changed, or I should say, what has changed since you first started? Yes, I think there's been a lot of change, and I think um, technology has played a huge role um, in our profession and is now coming into our profession more. Um, we are now having the opportunity to use robotic devices and a, uh, for gait training. Uh, so we own the Trexo uh, robotic gait training system for children, which actually has an iPad and six computers, so I can program the child's gait um, into the system and drop the child in, and they can work on overground mobility, um, whether it's with resistance or with assistance. Um, years ago, I would have to have two therapists helping hold the child up. I would be behind them trying to advance their legs on the floor, and I would think their gait looked a little bit better, or maybe their steps looked a little bit better, but it was all my interpretation. Now with the computer systems and the iPads and the technology, I can actually measure um, how much strength the child's gaining. I can measure their stride length. I can show to the parent and the child the gains that they're making and I can show the insurance companies the changes that we're getting. Um, and it gives the child the opportunity to have freedom and independence um, away from me so they're actually standing in a device and they can initiate movement on their own. And for a child who's in a wheelchair most of their day, to be able to stand up on their own um, and not have someone holding them is such a gift and the motivation to learn more for the child is just so present and amazing so it's been a huge change is the robotics and the technology that's come along in our profession I can see how excited you are about yeah. that <laughs> well, this job used to be a fairly difficult one that way I can imagine in hearing you describe what that must have been like to have to to have to walk someone around and the child's progress was limited by my own physical abilities so my limitations of being able to sustain that activity um, was limiting how much I could progress the child. Mm. So now I can step back and let the robotic system do what I couldn't do. You were going to say something? I thought I saw no, you. No, no. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I thought you were jumping agree. in. No, the technology has definitely changed the way we, we do things and also just the way we get reimbursed for what we do. Um, you know, it's, it's harder and harder to get more therapy visits for all patients and you know anything that we can do to prove why we're doing what we're doing and why we're giving someone benefit is a great thing. Why is it getting harder? Just insurance limitations. Every, you know, un unfortunately everything is cut back. Um, you know there's a just limitations with everything. People used to be in a hospital for you know sometimes 5 to 10, 15 days after a joint placement. Mm -hmm. Very often they're going home the same day or the next day after a knee or a hip replacement. So they are, we are seeing people you know, in a home setting and in, in outpatient settings much sooner than we ever did before. Is that a good thing for you? There's a lot more to consider. You know, there's potentially a lot more issues that could arise, you know, fresh out of surgery. You know, so we're, they're still potentially feeling the effects of the anesthesia. Um, adjustments to p medications, adjustments to their pain medications, um, having a lot of pain and not knowing what to do. You know, when they're in the hospital setting, they hit the buzzer and, you know, they're asking for the nurse mm -hmm. and, you know, they have, you know, t people right there. When you're in the home environment, you maybe have a spouse or you may be home alone and that could be a very scary thing when you don't even know if you're able to get up out of your own bed or off your own recliner to get your own, uh, go to the bathroom or, or get yourself a drink. Mm. 
I Go think ahead. the opportunity with some of the new systems that we have is the ability to capture data in a more accurate way. Um, patients feel better. Patients can tell us that feeling better, but the insurance companies and that you know need to see more concrete documentation that we're actually making a change, not just, oh, it's fun to hang out with a therapist. Um, so <laughs> it's good that we can have that documentation and also to share between clini clinicians. So if someone else is picking up my patient, they can see the data and the way I've had things set up so we can begin consistent in our care, which comes for better outcomes for our patients overall. Joe, I guess I'll ask you, um, we'll kind of take it back a little bit to the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you see a new patient or someone someone new who hasn't seen you yet, mm -hmm. where do you start? What can, If people haven't needed physical therapy yet, what can they expect? Yeah, so the first step is the initial evaluation, at least in the orth orthopedic setting and, and across most, most settings. Um, and that's where I'm really going to get to know you. It's our chance to talk and discuss your past, learn about your medical history, the condition that you're seeing me for, and I'm going to gather a lot of different data that's going to steer me in the direction that's going to help me to provide the best treatment for you. Could you give me an example? I mean, obviously not a specific one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if someone comes to me with chronic back pain, I'm going to start, I'm going to learn how long have they actually been dealing with the back pain? Was, what was the nature of the injury? Or did it come on without any specific incident? Um, then I'm going to try to learn more about the pain. Is it constant? Does it, uh, does it vary at times? Um, a more descriptive, learn, learn about the description of the pain and kind of go really in depth and learn a lot about their presentation so then I can find what is actually the right way to treat this patient. How do you help a patient through, um, I imagine there's some sort of home portion of, of the work that you're giving them. You, mm -hmm. know, you can do this work with me, but here's what you can do at home to help yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and can you tell if someone is really invested? Oh, I can really tell if someone's invested in, and that's something I preach to most of my patients is, I'm not going to flip flick a magic light switch and make them better every t when they come into the clinic. I'm going to give them the tools and the knowledge that empowers them to treat themselves and get themselves better and give them that confidence that they can really help themselves and that the pain that they're dealing with isn't going to be a burden for them for the rest of their lives. And what about you? What might a patient see or expect if they are new to you? So some of it will depend on their age. I do see a lot of infants um, coming in, so it's mostly the parents' expectations when they come in to see me. Um, and they do receive a full evaluation. I you know, get medical history and we, what the priorities and the goals are. So you know, every parent has concerns, and it's focusing on you know, what the primary issue is for them. Um, and we do, I call it their, their exercise prescription or exercise dose. So they're sent home with activities that they're to do, and sometimes kids need charts um, to guide them. Um, we've been doing a lot more of YouTube videos and um, you know they, they will send me their Snapchats of their exercises. <laughs> um, so technology has been helpful from that standpoint to motivate the kids to do their part. Um, but it's figuring out, you know, for children, they're not going to do something because they don't see the benefit of it. Adult, you can explain why they're doing it. Children, not so much. So it has to be something fun and engaging. Um, so it's setting up activities that parents can play with the children on a daily basis to encourage those kind of habits and activities we want them to do. All the research I did talking about what's new, and I did not think about my cell phone and TikTok as a way to get through, but I suppose that's a large part of what you're doing if you have someone of that age. Yeah. And they respond to that. Yes, and, and, and that's their... For me, I am a, it's a foreign language to me. For them, it's their native language. It's what they're growing up with. So I have to step in and join 
And they teach me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you? If someone is, is coming to you, uh, how does that work in your case? Well, I actually go to them. So I, I'll be in their home. Oh, and but, uh, but yeah, it's a, we'll, we'll be in their house and we'll do a, a walk through their house, whole house. Try to find out what is it that you need to do. So we'll walk into their bedroom, up and down off the bed, in and into the bathroom, off the commode, you know, maybe walking down the stairs if they have, you know, stairs down to a basement where their laundry is done or upstairs to a, a possibly to their bedroom, maybe the front steps if they're, t you know, to get in and out of their home. So we're just kind of saying, what do you need to do here? And what, you know, show me how you do things and let's see if there's anything that possibly I can show you a safer way to do it or an easier way to do it so you can get around your house safely and, and you can stay in your own home. Um, so many people want to stay in their own home. They don't want to have to go to a personal care setting or you know have a, a family member live with them so we can try to hopefully help them keep in their own home and what you said a few minutes ago was actually really eye-opening about say someone who is an older person you wouldn't think it's not a fall per se but if you get even a stomach bug and you're in bed for a couple of days I mean I don't want to put words in your mouth but could describe yeah, um, you know uh, I try to tell people is you know the stronger we are the easier it is to recover from anything that's going to come down the road for any one of us whether it's the stomach virus a cold the flu you know anything and everything a slip and a fall and a sprained ankle if we're in better shape we have a better chance to get back to what our normal activity is if we let ourselves go at any age it's harder to get back we all know ourselves if if we don't go to the gym often when we finally get back to the gym it's a lot harder if you, you know, if you're not active it's a lot harder to get back into that activity again um, if you can stay active it can mean the world of difference and especially when we're talking about an elderly individual if they lose 20% of their strength, they may not be able to walk, and if they're only able to walk 50 feet right now, if they lose 20% of their strength, they may not be able to simply get from one room to the other in their house. Hmm. And that's where they may need to have you know, a hired caregiver or possibly go to an assisted living facility. And you know, that's, that's life changing. So we you know, hopefully try to prevent those things from happening. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the McKenzie method you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier. I yep. can't even read my own scribbles here, but uh, talk a little bit about that and maybe some other methods that you have learned a little bit more about what people can expect. Yeah, so with the McKenzie method, that focuses primarily on the use of repeated motions to treat neck, back pain, and uh, a number of other joint issues. And it's a really easy way to empower the patient to help them kind of treat themselves. That's something that McKenzie method treats or preaches is that the therapist will help you find what's the right motion for you, what do you need to do, and then we help get you moving in that direction. What's some, what are some of the other, uh, I want to say methods, but what else might you deploy? Yeah, so depending on the patient, there's times we're going to use manual therapy where we actually use hands-on techniques to uh, mobilize the joint or loosen some tissue that may be really kind of tight or restricted. Um, there's a number of modalities we can use to help pain, patients ease their pain as well as just education and teaching the patients why do they have the pain that they have and what can help them in, in return. And Gina, I know there's a, been a lot going on in robotics. You mentioned that one particular a piece of equipment that you use with pediatrics, but what else do you have to work yeah. with? So Allied has made a significant investment into um, robotic gait training devices. So we have um, 
the Trexo and the pediatrics, and there is an exoskeleton that they use in adults. Um, and we also have a uh, Alter G, which is a treadmill that has a pressure support system that can unweight the patient. So a patient who's newly knee surgery that may be having trouble with strength, being able to have a gait, a difficult gait pattern, or limping when they're walking, we can unload that limb enough to get a smoother gait pattern um, and have them walk in a better pattern to relearn. So they're not learning how to walk with a walker, limping, and then we take the walker away, and now we have to unlearn the limp and relearn how to walk. So we can go right into teaching them a proper healthy gait pattern right from the start, and we can unload and reload the limb as we need to um, to compensate as a strength changes. So we have a lot of tools available to us. Um, there's also a nice video and feedback system in the Alter-G, so the patient can actually see their progress, see their stride lengths, see how they're putting more weight on one foot than the other. So there's a nice biofeedback where they can learn how to walk again in a healthy pattern. So you can actually learn some bad habits in physical therapy if you're not careful and then yeah. have to unlearn them before you relearn the next step. Yeah, that yeah. seems pretty counterintuitive, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you know, you have knee surgery and it's painful so you hold your knee stiff. Mm -hmm. And so then you learn to walk with a stiff knee or you're not allowed to put all your weight on that leg. So you're kind of hopping on one side for a while until you can put the other one down. The surgeon says it's okay. So now you've kind of changed how you walk and your body forgets. So we can need to kind of retrain and get back into that healthy gait pattern. And you develop back pain, and then you need to see a guy. And then you have to go to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neck and back pain, would you say that's the most common? I mean, you said that's what you see most of. Uh, is that common for you as well? I would think almost everyone has experienced back pain at some point in their life. And when you have back pain, it could affect everything from reaching for the remote control to lifting up a pot of pasta to yeah. walking up and down the stairs to tying your shoes. So, you know, back pain is something that can affect anybody and everybody, and it could be extremely limiting uh, of a lifestyle. And I think about someone with arthritis, that you know, that's never gonna go away. So do you see people for their entire lives? Or is there a point where physical therapy says, okay, we have taught you everything you need to know or everything that you can do on your own? Do you see people for a lifetime? I wouldn't say for a lifetime, but we check in with them throughout their lifetime. There's a lot of times when conditions flare up that we're gonna come check in and say, hey, we know you've been dealing with this back pain for a while, where are you at? what can we do to help you at this point in your life and then they may be good with their exercises for three months three years who knows how long but they may need to check back in with us when it flares up because some of these chronic conditions like that have the unfortunate side of them where they will flare back up at times and we're there for those times when they're in need and need to figure out what's right for them at that time because it may vary from when they were having back pain when they were young to as they get older and they have more arthritis and those kind of things. Have any of you been in physical therapy? <laughs> have you needed physical therapy? Um, I, I did. When I was actually in high school, I had a back injury, so I did receive physical therapy, and that kind of made me start to think about this profession, so yes. I wondered if it informed yeah. anything that you ended up doing. I think that's a pretty common thing with a lot of clinicians you see out there. They had done therapy in the past, and they realized what a great field it is, and mm -hmm. it makes them want to shift that way for their career. Just curious, total curiosity. Yeah. yeah, I think the other thing, going back to your question, I think um, we tend to do what I call episodic care. So our care is over a lifespan. As you can see, I'm working in pediatrics, middle age, elderly. Um, there are periods in our lives where there are changes that we require therapy intervention and it can be helpful. Um, so even some of my patients, I may see them that had CP or had um, 
a traumatic brain injury when they're teenagers. They may come back when they're in college because they're having pain, because of having to walk longer distances, or I have not been around long enough that now I have patients that are coming back that they're having their own children. So, you know, after a delivery, your body changes and things are different. Sure. So they may need therapy to kind of retool and address some of the issues that may develop with those different body changes that occur in our lifetime. Well, thank you to all of you. I told you it was going to go fast, and it did go fast. That's all we have for this episode of Call the Doctor. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.